Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, November 14th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the plan to keep the government funded. Number two, the Senate preps away around Senator Tommy Tuberville. And number three, Steve Scalise launches a new fundraising vehicle. All right, let's get to it. Happy Tuesday morning. Speaker Mike Johnson is set to face his first big vote on the House floor today. A clean stopgap funding bill designed to avert a government shutdown after November 17th. And just like the GOP speakers before him, Johnson, who came into power vowing he would change the way Washington works, will have to rely on a bailout from House Democrats to pass the bill. Support for Johnson's two-step CR was so soft inside the House Republican conference that the GOP leadership decided to consider the bill under suspension of the rules. That's some technical jargon, but basically it means that he can circumvent the normal House procedural hurdles, yet it requires a two-thirds majority to pass, meaning 290 yes votes. So how's this going to shake out? That is the Big question this morning. Uh, Support within the House Republican conference is soft, to say the least. As of now, roughly 50 House Republicans are expected to vote against the government funding bill. But the scale of the internal opposition will become probably a lot clearer following the GOP conference meeting this morning. So the big question here is what do House Democrats do? House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries and other senior Democrats also are looking to hear from their rank and file before publicly committing to helping Republicans out. We talked to more than a dozen Democratic lawmakers and aides on Monday night. Democrats don't love the GOP plan, yet they really do want to avoid a government shutdown. So that's going to be their conundrum. And the big challenge for Johnson What happens if more Democrats vote for the measure than Republicans? What kind of fallout would he face over that? So what does this exactly do? Here's Johnson's plans. It's going to extend funding for the agriculture, energy and water, Milcon VA, and transportation HUD spending bills until January 19th at current funding levels. The other eight bills, including defense, would be extended through February 2nd. So from a strategic strategic perspective, there are both problems and opportunities for Republicans and Democrats here. The fact that Johnson needs Democrats to pass his first major piece of legislation undermines the central tenet of his speakership, that the Louisiana Republican is decidedly more conservative than his predecessors and would govern that way. This is a clean funding bill. There are no policy changes, no spending reductions, or anything conservatives really want. All House Republicans can hang their hat on is that Johnson will have avoided a government shutdown while making sure that the Senate doesn't jam them on a huge funding package before Christmas. It sets up new funding deadlines in January and another in February. Whether that helps Republicans achieve anything remains to be seen. Johnson huddled with the House Freedom Caucus on Monday night. No surprise. The HFC is leading the outcry against the new speaker's plan. At the same time, Democrats aren't getting anything for their support. They're bailing Johnson out merely to keep the federal government open. 
Democrats tried and failed to get the annual defense authorization bill attached to this CR. They did get an extension of farm bill policies, but there's no aid to Israel, Ukraine, or Taiwan. Those will have to be dealt with separately, and there's no guarantee that Ukraine aid in particular will be approved. Democrats don't like it, but they do want to keep the government opened. Several senior Democrats who we talked to told us they'll push for some future considerations when it comes to negotiating the fiscal year 2024 funding bills. Exactly what those considerations are, no one would say. But even if Democrats were going to try to put up a fight or haggle for concessions in exchange for their support, it seems no one really has the energy to do so. Several Democrats told us bluntly Monday night that the House has been in session for 10 weeks and members are ready to go home and celebrate Thanksgiving. In the Senate, senators from both parties are indicating a willingness to pass the House's CR if it's dropped in their laps. It doesn't include any obvious poison pills that Democrats are objecting to, and the January-February laddered dates will give the Senate some breathing room to finish up the National Security Supplemental. That's the hope anyway. We first reported Monday night that negotiations around border security provisions in the Senate, which will be necessary to unlock GOP support for that Ukraine-Israel-Taiwan package, were faltering as the two sides were trading proposals. Democrats pushed back on many of the border policy changes the GOP proposed, and they're publicly condemning Republicans for tying Ukraine's future to this issue. But Senate Republicans also see an urgency to get new Ukraine funding out the door, insisting they're putting serious border-related ideas on the table to accomplish this. We will have to see how all of this shakes out. Uh, Certainly going to be following throughout the day what is happening in the House chamber in particular, coming out of those meetings with both House Republicans and House Democrats to see will Speaker Johnson get the votes and get a government funding bill across the finish line. Let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Senator Tommy Tuberville, he has been a thorn in the side of Democrats in uh, the Senate, but also many Republicans with his months-long blockade of military promotions. Now Senate Democrats are taking a major step forward to try to circumvent him. The Senate Rules Committee will take up and likely approve a resolution that would temporarily allow the body to vote on most promotions and block, dramatically reducing the time needed to approve them. But the real test will be on the Senate floor where Democrats need at least nine Republicans to join them if they have any hope of ending the nomination crisis, which has dragged on since February. Tuberville is still considering potential off-ramps. But senators from both parties are getting impatient as they look to topple the blockade by highlighting his intransigence and arguing they've exhausted all other options. GOP leaders want to put this nine-month episode and the accompanying internal strife behind them, but they also don't want to be seen as caving to Democrats, and the Republicans leading the charge against Tuberville are wary of becoming a small minority of the GOP that just barely puts this over the 60-vote threshold. Tuberville said Monday he's not feeling pressure to make any decision before the rules vote or subsequent floor action. He has a seemingly impossible task here wriggling his way out of this mess while claiming a win. The Rules Committee counts Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Minority Leader Mitch McConnell as members. Both are expected to speak during the 3 p.m. meeting. Schumer has already said he'll put this on the floor. 
All eyes will be on McConnell, who has kept quiet on the resolution itself, though he has said he disagrees with Tuberville's tactics. So it's going to be a numbers game, and we are going to be watching that very closely. It's important to note that none of the Republicans who have been the most outspoken against Tuberville's holds actually sit on the rules panel. Senator Todd Young fits into that category. Young said he's trying to find other ways to end the standoff. But the Indiana Republican also has given tacit indications that he's open to voting for the resolution. Young suggested Monday its passage might not amount to setting a new precedent, as some argue. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. We've got an item here on the money game. Some news. House Majority Leader Steve Scalise is launching a new joint fundraising vehicle, Scalise Leadership Fund 2024, that is aimed at supporting more than 50 Republican incumbents, candidates, and committees. Scalise Leadership Fund 2024 will filter money to Scalise's re-election campaign, Eye of the Tiger, Scalise's Leadership Pack, Congressional Leadership Fund, the House GOP Super PAC, the NRCC's General Building and Legal Funds, 34 incumbents, eight candidates, and eight nominee funds. Wow, that was a mouthful. Scalise will also be able to raise up to $586,200 from individual donors into this account. Then the JFC redistributes those contributions. This, of course, is an effort for House Republicans to find a way forward on their Big problem to fill the money void left by Kevin McCarthy now that he is out of leadership. Speaker Mike Johnson is a fairly untested national fundraiser, and Scalise is going to become a more of a focal point in the House Republican money game. We reported in the AM edition Monday that Johnson raised $16 million in the 10 days since starting to raise money for CLF, but all eyes are going to be on the NRCC's November fundraising report, which should be out in the next week or so. With that, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you like The Daily Punch, please share it on social media. Tell your friends. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also subscribe and get more in our free morning newsletter. All it takes is an email. Just check us out at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.